Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. Year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. We will read responsively Psalm 116. I love the Lord who has heard my voice and listened to my supplication. For the Lord has given ear to me whenever I call. How shall I repay the Lord for all the good things God has done for me? I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. Precious in your sight, O Lord, is the death of your servants. O Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your handmaid. You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, Oh, Jerusalem. Somebody once described a church as a book club that only ever reads one book. And I think there's some truth to that, right? As Christians and as a church, everything that we do revolves around this particular story, the story found in the Bible. And it is the story of God's work, God's faithfulness to God's creation, a story that is still being written. And so every time that we gather as church on Sunday mornings or Thursday nights or Fridays or every time that we gather, we read together from Scripture, seeking to understand more of God's story and our own place in that story. Sometimes we hear the story through readings, as we just heard. Often we tell the story through songs and music. Sometimes we encounter the story and its author through tangible things like water, bread, wine. And so this week, during Holy Week, as we return yet again, as we approach Easter, we return yet again to the story of God's salvation, the story 
where God rescues and God redeems God's people. And so the center of tonight's Monday Thursday service is the Last Supper, where Jesus gives himself away in bread and in wine for us. When Jesus and his disciples gathered that night in an upper room for his Last Supper, of course, most of them not knowing this was his Last Supper, when they gathered for that first communion celebration, they were not just having a meal together. They'd had many, many meals together. On this night, they were gathered to celebrate the Passover. As people continue to celebrate, even today, literally today, it's Passover right now, they were remembering what God had done for their ancestors. They were remembering the story of salvation, the way God had rescued their ancestors, bringing them out of slavery in Egypt and into the freedom of the promised land. Knowing that God has been faithful even in the worst of times equips us to trust God today in our own times of trouble. And in the Passover story, God tells the Israelites that each family is to sacrifice a lamb, put its blood on their door, so that on the night when the firstborn sons of their Egyptian captors are killed, the angel of death will see the blood and pass over their house, pass over the house of the Hebrews, God's people. And this is such an important event for God's people that they are supposed to mark time from when it happens. That reading we just heard from Leslie says, this will be the first month of the year for you. And every year, they are to remember what happened, to come together and eat the Passover meal and share this story of how God protected them, how God spared them from death. This is part of our story too. We too have been spared from death. As Christians, we understand Jesus to be the Lamb of God who has sacrificed himself for the sins of the world, sacrificed himself for us to give us life. And that night, when Jesus and the disciples gathered to remember this Passover story, Jesus announced to them that what had just been simply bread and water, or wine, bread and wine, would now, when received in faith, be his own body and blood. Tonight we will share his body and blood, in remembrance of God's faithfulness, in remembrance of the cross. And when we eat this meal together, Jesus promises to show up. Jesus promises to be present with us. Tonight, throughout this Holy Week, and as often as we gather, remember this is your story too. Living as a Christian is about finding your place in God's story recognizing that God's love is for you, that is not something abstract or outdated, just something from the past, but God's love is given and shed for you. As you've just heard, it's your sins that are forgiven. The Lamb of God has been poured out for you. God's salvation is for you. Tonight, we remember our story. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now before the hour, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. 
The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The message of Easter, the message of all of Holy Week, really the message of all of Scripture is that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. We see the evidence of that love on the cross. Jesus chooses to lay down his life out of love for you, for me, and for the world. It is undeserved, freely given love, which we cannot earn. All that we can do is respond. And at that last supper, gathered there with his disciples in that upper room, Jesus demonstrates for us how to respond to love. As Jesus' followers, we respond to God's salvation by joining Jesus in washing feet. Now remember, washing feet at the time was a servant's job. It's something that nobody wants to do, but in a world where you wear sandals and you walk on dirty, dusty roads, it needs to be done. And so the lowest-ranking person in the room gets the privilege, the joy of doing it the responsibility of doing it. Except, of course, when Jesus is around. Because at this meal, Jesus himself 
gets up, takes off his robe, puts on a towel, and he starts washing his disciples' feet. That is not what is supposed to happen. The teacher never washes the students' feet. And if you look at Peter's reaction, he gets upset at this idea. He knows that this is wrong. He does not want to see Jesus embarrassing himself like this. But by washing the disciples' feet, Jesus shows how we as Christians, how we as disciples, how we as his people in the world are supposed to live. Those who want to be followers of Jesus are to love one another, to live out God's love to the world. We don't often literally wash feet. That can be a profound experience. But we seek to follow Jesus' command. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. It sounds straightforward. Our job as Christians is to love one another. But it's not just about loving in the easy situations where there's tax benefits or memorial plaques at stake. It's loving by giving of ourselves, following Jesus' example of humility, using our time, our gifts, humbling ourselves to serve others. This is a call for us to share the kind of love that startles and surprises, to love in situations where it's unreasonable, where no one could expect it. A generous, undeserved love that makes no sense by the world's logic. Jesus washes the feet of the one whom he knows will betray him. We are called to love those who don't think that they can deserve love. To serve those who will not serve us back. Because that is what Jesus does for us. Washing the feet of another person means recognizing them as someone who is worthy of our love. It means looking at our enemies or at the people that we despise and seeing them as children of God. People that Jesus considered worthy not only of having their feet washed, but worthy of dying for, worth laying down his life. When we claim to be members of Christ's body, this is the task we claim. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul writes, Now in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. Indeed, there have to be factions among you, for only so will it become clear who among you are genuine. When you come together, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper, for when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead with your own supper, and one goes hungry and another becomes drunk. What? Do you not have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you? In this matter, I do not commend you. For I received from the Lord Jesus what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Here ends the reading. In case you haven't noticed, we humans have an amazing ability to mess stuff up. Jesus takes a meal about remembering God's faithfulness, about remembering what God has done for us, and Jesus adds the promise to it that he himself will be present in it. He demonstrates what love looks like, and we find ways to mess it up. In that first century church in Corinth, the people have heard the instructions from Jesus to share a meal together in memory of him, and some of them have forgotten the part about sharing the meal together and loving one another, and they've gotten stuck on the meal part. And so the rich have plenty of food and drink to enjoy, and the poorer members of the community don't have anything. They get to sit in back and watch. That might be how the world handles food, where those of us who are rich enjoy what we have, and others, our sisters and brothers in Christ, survive on tiny rations, but that is not what the Lord's table is like. That is something we need to repent of and work to fix, not something to carry into worship. The Lord's Supper, this communion feast, is intended to be a glimpse of heaven, a foretaste of the feast to come in God's kingdom, a meal where all are welcomed by Jesus, our host. The Corinthians, says Paul, have turned this beautiful, sacred gift into just another worldly meal. Sometimes I wonder if we've perhaps gone too far the other way. It can be hard to see communion as a meal at all when we have a little sip of wine and a piece, a tiny little piece of bread. So maybe the way that we celebrate communion should sometimes look a little more like a real community meal around a table. But nevertheless, as Paul shares with the Corinthian church the words of institution, the story of how Jesus began the central ritual of our faith, he tells them that although their words might recall the story of Jesus' death, their actions miss the meaning. The cross changes things. The cross offers a different way than the ways of this world. The communion table is not a place for division. The cross breaks down the boundaries that we build up. In this community of faith, we do not have to agree on everything. Politics, styles of worship, sports teams, there's a whole list of stuff that we can disagree about. But around this table, we are united into Christ's body, united in God's salvation. We are fed by Jesus, and we become what we eat, the body of Christ. The cross calls everyone who truly sees it to follow the model of Jesus, the one who humbled himself, who gave up his very life for others. And so Paul calls on the Corinthians and on us to repent, to behave differently, to behave as a church, as a community of love. Being the body of Christ means including everyone as children of God, working for reconciliation. The kingdom of God is not divided up into haves and have-nots to the rich and the poor. 
Jesus did not die so that rich people, which includes all of us in this room by world standards, Jesus did not die so that rich people could have yet another opportunity to gorge on a fancy dinner. Jesus laid down his life for the reconciliation of the world. As we gather tonight around Christ's table, may this holy meal that we taste truly be a foretaste of the feast to come. May it be food for us to fuel our service to the world in Jesus' name. May we repent of our own selfishness and greed and instead seek reconciliation and peace with our neighbors. May the living bread from heaven unite us in God's blessing. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.